Hey, look what we have found A big sound in a small town Far away from the bright lights They're making music every night Discover what is all around A big sound Saturday Night House Party on WNCW. I've also worked in some other radio stations around the area, uh, WGWG, or yeah. uh, used to record a little show and send over them. And then the good old Gaston College. Yes, WNCW, yes. Uh, part of their crew for about six years as well. You know, all three of those radio stations had, um, had a big impact on my life, to tell you the truth. And uh, you've had blues shows, you've had... You know, Mainly blues. Yeah, mostly, I, yeah. I stray off into, you know, for me, there's some lines there, but they're not there. I understand. I mean, if you, if you just kind of think about music, and we're sitting here at a bluegrass festival, sure. but if you, if you think about Charlie Patton yeah. and Maybell Carter and Bill Monroe, and yeah. you think about their music, Maybe the chord structure is a little different. The instrumentation might be a little different, but it's human condition. And it is. They sing about happy things, sad sure. things, celebrations. They do. Uh, all that, so I try not to uh, draw too many lines. Well, you know, I, I grew up in a place where um, the only radio station I could pick up was a station out of Memphis. Yeah. And when I was growing up, I, I, I wanted to be more than anything a blues player. You know? I didn't know those guys were black even. You yeah. know, I had no idea. And and then I'd listen to the Grand Ole Opry and hear D. Ford Bailey. So that was a harmonica, you know, and I thought, hey, that stuff's pretty cool. And so I, I thought I was either going to be Tarzan or a blues player uh, the rest of my <laughs> life, you know. So Yeah, I, actually, I grew up in Memphis. And oh, really? All my family still lives in Memphis. I make well, one or two trips a year sure. uh, down. And, you know, you're talking about the Grand Ole Opry. And had the pleasure of knowing some of the older, really yeah. older blues guys, Murray Lewis, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, Johnny Shine, yeah, and those old blues players, all of them, when they were still, you know, in Mississippi, right. and, yeah. and you know, we're talking about way, way, way back. Uh, they all listened to Grand Ole Opry, yeah, they did, them. and so you know, their radio station was the Grand Ole Opry, or whoever had a tower within the. Ten miles of our house was about it. So there's just so much crossover in the music. There, there is. I mean, I, I had, I grew up, and sure enough, I got to be a blues player. But then, you know, I played a lot of bluegrass too. So, yeah. you know, and it kind of wor- works over. I mean, um, I'm still doing a blues thing with a guy named Phil Ruff. Do you know Phil? Yeah, I know the name. I don't. Yeah, know Phil. Phil, Phil and I do something called Blue Healers, which basically what we do is. Um, uh, Cephas and Wiggins, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Brownie McGee, Sonny Terry. We yeah. do a lot of the Piedmont blues, yeah. you know. But I played the electric blue stuff. I mean, yeah. that is one of the things about your shows. Is you get a you get a whole cross section. You do the Chicago, you do the Hill Memphis country, Hill Country. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's just it's it's kind of like 
a lot of people say, and they say the same thing about bluegrass, I think, too. Uh, but in blues, I know they say it a lot. People that don't know the music, they'll say, well, all that sounds the same. And I go, well, bullshit. Yeah, I agree. They, they, yeah. Give, give me an hour, I'll show you exactly, exactly. what it is. Yeah. Because it's a tremendous amount of difference between uh, more modern players like Otis Taylor, who does the trance style blues. Sure. And you've got R.L. Burnside and all the Hill Country guys, right. and then what Pat Possum did with, you know, yeah. with the remixes and stuff like sure. that. Sure. Then Chicago Sound, which is, everybody says it's still raw blues, but it's a lot slicker than what. It's a lot slicker than, than, yeah, I agree. And, uh, so there's just so many different styles that if you, if you do it right, nobody's going to get bored. Well, you're not going to hear the same thing. Well, I grew up a harmonica player. I played a lot of harmonica in my life. Yeah. But that's, you know, you talk to blues, harmonicas are totally different in different styles. Yeah. I mean, you think it's a ten-hole instrument, yeah. and you would think that it would be fairly limited. No, but it's not. There's a big difference between Chicago style and we'll even say Hill Country style or even even North Carolina Piedmont right. style. And you got Piedmont, which, you know, North Carolina is just such a huge, yeah. huge uh, history in and things uh, across North Carolina and even South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina. Carolina well. Pink Anderson. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pink Boy is what yeah. you know, the name Exactly. Is. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, uh, it's a wide range of music, a lot of wide range of what a lot of people Yeah, know. it I is. Like blues. Well, what about this television commercial with this song in it? Well, I love that song. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you can even push Delbert McClinton Delbert into the blues. I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, they push him in the beach music feel too and and but but it's uh no i can't get that right now so um how'd you get into radio uh that's a good question uh, and this is the honest to goodness truth we were talking last night we said you know we'll make up some stuff once in a while and yeah. A little yeah this is 100 percent true uh yeah used to go to the double door into uh, sure. 10 years after and yeah. different clubs that, that had blues bands when I first moved to North Carolina in 1992, I found the double door by getting the sharp paper. Sure. I'm flipping through, and I see uh, in the little entertainment section a woman named Joanna Connor out of Chicago. Fierce. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I already knew Joanna for a little while. I met her before I moved here, and I said, okay. And then I'm looking at the rest of the lineup, and they've got the Nighthawks, and they've sure. got this one and that one. Uh, this is the place, so I go to, I go to Double Door, so I, that became my second home, and got to know a lot of people in and around the music scene. Yeah, more so in Charlotte uh, than anywhere else, but uh, uh, got to know those folks, and uh, everybody kept bugging me, you know, saying, "Hey, you should come do this." And at the time, Gaston College was. Uh, still broadcasting out of a little closet. Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and literally 1970s equipment and, and had an antenna in the parking lot and, and all that uh, before they did all the, the major upgrades. So they kept bugging me. I said, finally, I said, well, all right, I'll give it a try. I've never done it. And uh, so I, I go in, hang out with uh, my old buddy uh, Randy Lowry, mm -hmm. and for a couple of times, I guess, and, you know, kind of already knew a little bit about it about the board and stuff, right. but kind of got a feel for it. And Sarah Trexler was the station manager. I remember when she was the station manager, yeah. Uh, Sarah, I love to death. 
So I go in to meet Sarah and go in and she talks to me and she says, okay, so you want to do it? And I said, sure, I'll try it. Sounds like fun. She literally threw the station keys across the desk. <laughs> said, how about Thursday night? And this was like Monday or Tuesday. So I walk into a radio station, never, ever having done this before in my oh, entire wow. life, with the keys and there's not another person anywhere. <laughs> so I go in. And I've always been comfortable in front of people or, you know, in, in talking yeah. in front of people and things like that. So I go in and I sit down in a room um, by myself, nobody else there. And I've got to push that little red button. The first time, my hands were shaking, shaking so bad I couldn't hardly even hit the button. Uh, so that's how I, I kind of got started. It, it took a little while to get comfortable doing it. And I found out real quick that planning out a show is not the way to go. Well, I was wondering, when you were put in there for that first one, did you even have access to, did you know what you could access? I, I had, uh, the equipment was so old that, that they were using uh, VCR tape with recorded music right, yeah, exactly. to, to, as their automation system. That's so, funny. Uh, we, had, we had a very small handful of CDs, I mean, hardly any. I had a ton of them at home, so I would pretty well bring the music in but I start uh, start writing out okay I, I need 30 songs for this right. three hour uh, show or 36 songs whatever the case may be so I would I would write out every song every artist all this kind of stuff that I was going to play them and, uh, and and I would do that and it would take me for a three hour show it would probably take me six or seven or eight yeah. hours yeah, to I put mean, it together sure and then after I listen back to the first one, I'm going, that show really not very good. <laughs> yeah. So it, it didn't take long until I, I got comfortable. And uh, it's funny, Madison and I were talking about this just earlier today. I go in now, I get there about 20 minutes before I go on air. I go in and I'll pull you know, whatever I happen to be in the mood for. I'll right. the CDs and just pull a stack of them out. And I'll get the first two songs that I want to open with. And that's as far ahead of as I am in Hannibal when I was young. That's great. Uh, and it, somebody calls in, and the, the audience is such a huge part of the show. Sure. Because somebody calls in and says, I want to hear R.L. Burnside. Sure. Then, okay, if I'm going to play R.L., I'm going to do this and this and this. Oh, before. yeah, you match. I've noticed that. You'll, if, you, if you're going to play him, you're going to match his I'm music. Match it up yeah. With, with, uh, you know, with sure. whoever. I've noticed that, yeah. Same style. And on the other hand, I'll catch myself sometimes playing, uh, getting into it, because I kind of get into a groove with yeah. it, and, and oh man, I like this song, this song, this song, and then about four or five in, I'm going, uh, that's about, about plenty of guitar, sure. wide open guitar right. tune, so just try to mix it up and uh, more or less just kind of do what feels so right. So you really come in there and, and now and do your shows yeah. live? Yeah. That's really good. I, Really? I, I might, I might pre-record two shows a year, maybe. Really? Um, I did not realize that you did that. The pre-recorded ones, for me, take the fun out of doing. Uh, for me, the uh, just kind of the interaction with with people that call in, sure. with requests, with uh, you know, getting into a certain mood because somebody calls for requests. Right. And I think well. Let me grab this song and maybe something I haven't heard in, yeah, you know, in a while. Time. But, uh, but the, the recording for me, the pre-recording, 
just kind of takes the fun out of it. Yeah, I do understand you know, that. You're sitting in a room by yourself, and you're, if you do mess something up, now i got to go back and fix sure. it. Where you do it live, it's out there. It's out there. And, and, well, and that's one of the things. I very rarely edit my podcast yeah. because they're real. I feel, I feel it's really that way. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I was doing uh, – Tony Trishka, his phone rang, and it was Michael Cleveland. He said, "You can, he said, you can edit this if you want to." Hey, no, it, Michael Cleveland just called you in the middle of a of an interview. I'm not going to edit that. Yeah, that's that's, that's what gives it the, the realness and the it, flavor. It and does, and, and 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 a lot of people don't understand that. You know, I had a kid drop uh, a kid come and did the show. His girlfriend dropped the phone, her phone. It's just a little. He said, "You want to take that out?" I'm not taking that out. You know, she dropped her phone. You know, we don't we don't, we don't live in a vacuum. So no, no, not the way we exist. Every no. Day. <laughs> well, now, I can also believe your shows that way because it is one of my it, it's my Saturday night. A lot of times, if I'm not playing music, yeah. you know, I sit out and smoke a cigar and listen to your show. And it and and I can see. I mean, I, I knew you did it live some, but I didn't know. Yeah, you know, I do. Uh, I do all of them. I mean, you can feel that. I mean, you can feel it in the show. Yeah. And and. Unfortunately, sometimes you can feel when uh, I've had a hard day at the day sure, job. And I do. Worn out and, and in there. Uh, uh, and I think that's with everybody. I think that's why I love music so much is uh, if I'm having a rough time or something, then my show is going to be different. Yeah, oh, I agree. If I go in and I'm just you know, wide open, I've had two maps that day, and yeah. when I'm wide open, the show is going to be different. Right. But I think it. You have to keep it different to keep people interested. You do. You keep yourself interested. And, and you, you, how many years have you done this now? 23 years. Yes, it's a long time. So you don't do it 23 years with um, out having your finger on the pulse of what works, you know? And and love of it. I mean, obviously, obviously, yeah, you can't. I got, that, uh, I got that book set in. I mentioned Burry Lewis a while back. Yeah. I was 12 or 13, maybe, and going through with my dad, mom and dad, both, I don't remember exactly, but Burry was in a park, and they was just you know, in a park playing by himself. And that, that did it. I was done. I mean, you grow up in Memphis, you grow up around a lot of, you know, you hear that. You do. You hear the stack stuff, you hear the soul stuff, you hear the yeah. stuff. Everywhere you go, but uh, the first time I saw Furry Lewis, I was done. See, that's great. I mean, and and it, it's amazing how something like that, because there's a ton of blues players, you know, and, and um, it's funny for me being a harmonica guy, you know, everybody's a little Walter guy, uh, you know, but, you know, what really, really stuck for me um was really big Walter for some reason yeah. you know for some reason that that hit me deeper than than little Walter I don't know why it was uh probably not as good you know tr- t- technically yeah. but uh you know he was just uh and I got to see him a couple times you know I never had a chance to, to uh, see uh, Walter, uh he was he was uh oh yeah you know, he he'd probably had too much to drink when I saw him but <laughs> I know, I know, that's, 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 I know, I, I, I know. We just I word something that people had no idea of, you know. Yeah. 
But, you know, it's um, I sought those guys out for a long time when I was young. It was like, well, I got to see these guys because they're old and they're not going to be around, yeah. you know. So I, I made pilgrimages to Memphis and stuff like that just so I could find Chicago, just so I could find these people and yeah. listen to them. Yeah, you know? and that's, uh, um, you know, it, over the years, and honestly, I, I took it for granted. Um, I was around a lot of stuff. My aunt, great aunt, actually uh, worked for Rufus Thomas. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was kind of around music a lot. And at that time, Back in, I guess it was around 1980 that Beale Street, they kind of cleaned it up a little bit and revitalized it. Yeah. It had gotten to the point to where it was not a place anybody wanted yeah, to go to the shops. And, I agree. Ported up things. Sure. So around the 80, or around 1980, they had done a revitalization, a revitalization of it, and they reopened. And it was just, I mean, the people that hung out down there all the time were people like Albert King and, and of course, Rufus Thomas sure. and uh, Little Milton and, and just so many great stars. Yeah. But you kind of, when you grow up around it, you don't really, oh, it's just, there's Albert. And, so I, there's, and it, it just, uh, it took me to, until the first time I moved away to realize eh, maybe things aren't the same everywhere. Yeah, and that's kind of bluegrass here. Yeah. You know, everybody's used to everybody, even if they don't really, it's not really their form of music, it touches everybody around oh, yeah. in this area. They all know about it. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons, like I said, I moved here in 92. And one of the biggest reasons that I'm still here is because of the musicians throughout this. <laughs> that's I mean, fabulous. It is. It, I've made a long podcast out of music it, people around it, here. It, local regional uh, two of them actually uh, just thinking about this and, and uh, Green Acres and I actually live as a crow flies probably not six seven miles sure. from Green Acres so it, uh, once somebody convinced me it actually was a real place <laughs> a little bit of convincing sure. yeah it's just place out here they got all these great bands. They've had Newgrass Revival and they've had Allison Krauss and they've had this. And I said, oh, really? Yeah, I'd like to go out there. What's, what's the name of it? Green Acres. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay, Green Acres. <laughs> and, you know, I'm new to the, right. the area and I don't know anything about anything. And I said, oh, where is it? Uh, it's not too far from where you live. And I said, right, where at? And Golden Valley. And I didn't even know where Golden right. Valley was at the time. So they're telling me there's a place called Green Acres in Golden Valley that Allison Krauss and Newgrass Revival sure. I, thought, I do not believe hey. this until the first time I went out and the first time I went out there they were doing one of their pig picking right in the house pig picking yeah and the first person I saw play was Colonel, G, uh, Colonel Gene yeah and I went holy crap these cats are good yeah they were later that night I saw David Childers <laughs> and I'm going I could, I could, I could do this, but the music and the musicians and all form this style of music around here. I mean, you got a guy like Rusty Barkley. Sure, Rusty is fabulous. Just, just fantastic guitar player. You had Robin Rogers, who was just uh, amazing singer. They, Robin is probably his final blues singer that came out of this area yeah. ever. Uh-huh, I completely agree. You know, she so, was fabulous. Music hooked me here like it, like. 
could uh, get hook me a couple other places yeah. that, that I lived and, and uh, you know, got really comfortable here and then got into the radio stuff, which got me even deeper into the local regional sure. music around here. And, Definitely home. Uh, it's a good, it's a good place. There's a lot of music here, and you can find if you like music, you can find some music here you like. I mean, I mean, no, that's in there though. So there you go. But you, you can. There's a lot of music, a lot of good musicians, yeah. and and in a really small area. Yeah. I mean, I mean, go down to Spartanburg. Oh, oh. And Asheville and this whole music scene. You go to Spartanburg. And Shane is wonderful. He's out playing with Marshall Tucker at yeah. the moment. You know, Shane's a great guy. I like him. And, and, you know, they have a fabulous harmonica player down here named Freddie Vanderfall. Yeah, yes, Freddie. Freddie's, Freddie's he's, he's good. Yeah, I love Freddie. And he's, uh, uh, he keeps trying to get me to come down uh, to one of their Pro wrestling. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's another thing. Do, yeah. They, they do them on Saturday nights all the time. Kind of makes it hard. To yeah, and I'd like, to, I'd like to go, but I play music a lot of Saturday yeah. nights, but but I'd like to go, too. You know, Freddie and I, Freddie says, I'm the best harmonica player in South Carolina. And, and he says, you're the best harmonica player in North Carolina. I said, well, no, no, I'm not. Well, he said, you're the best one I know. And it's like, <laughs> well, I don't know. And I say, Freddie, am I as good as you? Oh, no, you're not as good as I am, but you're good, you know? It's like, it's like, so. Yeah, great musicians, great uh, great people. And they are. And some true characters. Oh, they they really are. And, and the Double Door years, since you were, we were on a part of that, that was wonderful. I just had uh, Kevin Marshall yeah. on the show, and Kevin built the guitar, right. you know, out of one of the tables, which is, which for double door people is is a super story. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of double door people and uh, Daniel Costin. I don't, you know Daniel, uh, photographer. Know. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, he's tried to document as much of that as he, he can. And uh, I have a picture on my wall, and I asked him. I said, "Did you make this picture of of me playing at the double door?" He said, "Yeah, maybe." He went and dug and dug through and come. He come back and he said, "Yep, here it is." You know, because he's got all that stuff. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I, I miss that place. And, oh. uh, you know, it's it's funny how you have places like that that it's the music that starts it. It is. It the community and the people that you know and the music community. It and something happens to the the old. I mean, it does. Transforms. It does. After the double door closed, some of the same people going to other names, but other venues in Charlotte. Not the same. Not the same. It's just not the same. It's just like Green Acres. You could not do that today. I hear people say, let's recreate it. You could not do that these days. I mean, we got to have clear bags to come here, you know? And and this is an easy place. You could never do that these days. You couldn't recreate Green Acres, or and, and probably not the Double Door. No, I don't think. I so. mean, that's a that is. I also, there was some rock and roll in there, no doubt. But that it it, it had a lot of blues, yeah. and I will tell you, the early part of Americana being started in North Carolina came right out of there. They had a Americana night in there on Tuesday, and I played in a band that played there. Michael Reno Harold was part of that david childers um lenny federal. yeah lenny federal um uh, uh bill noonan like outsiders Gigi dover you know 
that was that was that was kind of the start of Americana in North Carolina. They are, yeah, yeah, they are, which is really really good. You know, you see David. David, I, one of the things I like about David is he puts on his old man act, comes in there, acts like he's an old man, and then he rips. I mean, he, he comes. So he is good. You know, he's an underrated songwriter that people don't don't really know. Kevin and I do a songwriting thing with him every once in a while. And he's just and he's good with his band, you know. Uh, and I played with uh one of his band members too. Well Randy was kind of Randy Saxon was kinda of my guy, then he went to David, you know, and he, he David came to me one time and said, How'd you play with Randy? Randy won't be offended by this. And I said, you played with him longer than I did, you know. <laughs> you tell me. So, and I'm playing with him again now. Uh, we do uh, Handsome Johnny's, which is Dale Britton that was here. Yeah, I saw you guys over it, in Shelby. Yeah. Out, uh, out of the square a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we're we doing that, and that's kind of a fun thing, yeah. too. Y'all doing the, uh, the John Prime. Yeah, the, yeah. The that I saw yeah, that's what we're, we're getting ready to do uh, – we usually do John Prime, but we're getting ready to do a cash bash. We're going to be the Johnny Cat, you know, Johnny Cash band this time. On the anniversary of his death, we're going to all do Johnny Cash songs, which is funny for us because I don't even know that any of us even know any. Make it up on the spot, but but you know, if you do Johns, you can do a lot of different Johns. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, you can do John Prime for a long time. You could. Yep. Time. Yep. So. So. You see an end in sight for your – are you going to run this as long as you can? Uh, yeah, I, I am. Uh, I'm getting, getting ready, hopefully, this coming April to retire from the day job. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, the radio thing is just – I still enjoy it. I have over the last, like I said, 23 years. Yeah. Now, uh, there have been times where – I've got to go in and do a show on a Saturday when either I want to be out at some live right. event or I'm just tired. Tired from the work. work. Sure. And, and more than a few times I thought, well, I think I'm just going to wrap this thing up. And then I go in. And it seemed like no matter how bad the day's been, I go in, I pick out a few CDs, I sit down. Nobody else there but me. I agree. You get that kind of peace of mind. So, uh, you know, I don't really have any intention. It's like, it's like, um, I sometimes I dread driving to a music job. My, you know, the whole. Once you get on stage, you know, it's it's okay. It's okay. And then when it's over, I'm back to. Oh, I don't even know why I do this. You know, but and and, um, but I mean, it's what you do. I think. And I think once you're a music person. You're kind of screwed for life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, or, or blessed, whichever way. Is it, music's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, it is. I mean, and, and my, my poor wife, uh, I drug her all over the country into hole in the walls, juke joints, and all kind of places that uh, uh, maybe weren't the most uh, savory places. Sure. Uh, and, and all that to, to see music and the festivals. Of, uh, our anniversary is September the 11th. Okay. Well, yeah, we're, yeah. 
but uh, we spent our first two or three anniversaries going to different festivals. Sure. And finally, one day about 15 years ago, she said, okay, I love going to these things. I've had a lot of fun. She doesn't have that infection that you sure. can't get rid of yeah. you know, with music. She loves music and, and all that. But uh, she said, I've, I've seen everything I need to see, and I'm not going to keep going and do what you want to do. Yeah. I'm not going to another one. And she's lived up for her work. Yeah. That's I good. Do that. no way. That would be hard for me. Yeah, I, I've retired from the music business like six times. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it don't work. Also, I function fairly well among non-musical people, but I function much better with musicians, people that are music lovers, people that work in the music business. Yeah. It's just an understanding. Most of them. Most of them are good people, I'll tell you that, too. Yes, I mean, you get jerks, but you get jerks everywhere. And, you know, most of them have a good sense of humor, know how to have fun. And, and they'll probably help each other out. They do. They do. It, and it's just, a, it's a, I think people that do not have that are really missing the part. Yeah. Although I always claim, say, like your, like, like your wife, I always say wives are musicians or music lovers. And sound men all get into heaven for free. If there's a if there's a heaven, then they all get in for yeah. the for the abuse they've had to take yeah. in this life. You know, I mean, I might not be there. You might not be there, but but they but they be. will be because yeah. they've had to put up with that. Uh, but you know, this is a cool interview. I'm liking this. It. It's been really good. I, it. I had no idea after, after you told me your first question to uh, uh, Douglas. That was funny. Yesterday. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's see what the first one is. Well, well you know, it's... Um, hey, you know, the thing, and this is accidental. Now, I can promise you, this is an accident. I think we told the truth about every single thing we said in the last half hour. I think we have. That might be a record for me. You can bring... Well, it might be for me, too. Get Kevin Bridges in here. He'll tell you. If I went 30 <laughs> minutes, he, he won't believe a word, you know. But, uh, But, you know, that's another thing, too. Music, you acquire a lot of stories when you're around music. You meet a lot of people with a lot of stories. And as outside of music, collecting stories, people's stories and stuff is one of my big passions also. So that's why I like to do these things. You know, yeah, these things are great. I listen to them all the time. Thank you. Well, I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Had no idea, just like you did. I, um, and um, I've... You know, it's worked now for a pretty good while, five years, so I'm I'm pretty tickled with it for something I started late in life. So I do appreciate you come doing this. I've listen, listen, I I've asked different people around did they know you or know how to get in contact with you? Because guys like you are tougher to get in contact with than musicians. And it's, I think it's because I'm on the right musicians are easy to get in touch with for me. I'll just tell another musician. Yeah. But uh, uh, you, I'll tell you who has been the two hardest people. You have been hard for me. I, I also had, um, uh, there was a guy that, a local guy in Shelby that I was after for years and years and did not know how to get in touch with him. And then one day it just came that way. And the other is Brad Watson. Brad? Yeah, because Brad is like, he's like mysterious. I mean, he, 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 he is even around the station anymore. Uh, you know, I, I 
I see Brad once in a while when, he, when he's in uh, doing some recording for uh, uh, for his show, uh, which is a fantastic. It is a good show. Yes, it's it awesome is. Show, which is, yep, it is, it is. But yeah, Brad is Brad is a man of mystery. Yeah, I I, I agree. He's hard to get in contact. Joe swears he's going to hook me up. He thinks he's coming this week. Just I'll hook you up, but maybe maybe not. But that's the beautiful part of it. It gives me something to keep, you know, trying to get a hold of. I'm pretty persistent, maybe pesky, you know, because I, 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 I think I drove these girls here crazy. You know, it's like, can you get me so-and-so? I don't know, Sandy. I don't know if I can or not. So I went and asked them. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll find them out here and ask them myself, you know, because if you don't ask, you don't get. That's right. So. No, and no does not bother me. I've been told no so many times in my life. It's nothing. Yeah, two things is is being told no or just not being able to go somewhere. And my dad told me something when I was probably a kid: is you can go anywhere you want as long as you act like you belong. There. This and is true. Absolute truth. You, I've walked into places. I've walked me too. Backstage areas or me or too. Sporting events at the areas and all yep. that. Just walk like you speak to everybody as you're going in and you, walk and walk. Like you know who the best of it is around here? Steve Metcalf. Oh, there's no doubt. He is the, beside being the little king, he is the king of, of access. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the first person I saw today uh, after I got here this morning uh, to do some MC stuff on the main stage. Right. I had been here five minutes and here comes Steve. <laughs> Probably backstage, uh, up, 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 up on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the best. I, I, I learned that from him a long time ago. One time, a long time ago, I was on his record label. He said, Sandy, you know, you just go in. I said, don't you have to have a pass or something? He said, Prob- probably. But he said, you go in there and act like you know what you're doing. And, and if you know a name to drop, even if you don't really know him well, they'll just let you roll on. One, one quick Story yeah, I love it. Before we wrap this thing up, right. about acting like you belong there. <clears throat> this is probably, and this one, this one, I, I was even to this day, I'm still kind of astonished that it actually worked. It was a total accident. Um, it used to be a place called the Vapors in uh, Memphis, and Jerry Lee Lewis used to do a uh, charity show, a big Christmas show. Uh, actually, it was George Twine, uh, Elvis's. Buddy, high school buddy, and the DJ and, and yeah. all that stuff. George Klein's the one to put it on. Jerry Lee played at it every year, and he'd have all kind of different people. And this year, particular year, uh, Charlie Rich was there, Jerry Lee, um, a lot of other people. And Jerry Lee had been in the hospital one of the one of the first two or three times that they announced he's not going to make it through this. Right, right, yeah. And all right, yeah. Two weeks later, sure. a week later, he's bouncing back. Well, he had just gotten out of the hospital the day before. And he shows up. I'm going, and this is just a nightclub. You know, it's, it's a fairly decent-sized nightclub, and it, it's back in the '60s and stuff like that. It was kind of really swanky uh, kind of place. And I'm going. Dave, you still had cigarette machines and all this. Yeah. I had to run out of cigarettes, so I walked past bartender, and I said, "Oh, there's a cigarette machine right now." walk down the hall and I'm getting a pack of cigarettes out and at the door beside it it opens up and I just glance over and there is uh, Bill Medley yeah, yeah Rogers Brothers and Charlie Rich and Jerry Lee Lewis and 
five or six, seven other people in there, and they had, you know, hospitality rooms sure. with food and drinks and all that. That was over. Walk right in. What's, what's the poor boy supposed to do? I walked straight through the door, walk in there, straight to the table, picked up a little sandwich, sure. a little finger sandwich or something off of it, went over, poured a little bit of Jack Daniels on some ice, <laughs> and sat down right next to Bill Madley and said, how you doing? And he said, good. And he said, how are you? I said, I'm, I'm great. And I sat there and thought, well, Bill, Bill Madley probably half an hour. See, that's, that's just us. Because the door's open, hey. Hey, that's... This I'm, might be interesting. Let's go do this. Well, you know, that door opened for you for a reason, it you did. know? And, yeah, and, I didn't get thrown out and, yeah. uh, you know, chatting for a little while and everybody's kind of moving and getting ready to play and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I have gone in places and they have turned me around and sent me out, <laughs> too. But but I wasn't in there anyway. So, I mean, I lost nothing, yeah. you know? So... Mike, buddy, this has been great. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time and coming to do this. Thanks for asking me up here. All right, man, this is good. Think about some stuff I ain't thought that long. That was good. Yep.